Welcome to another edition of Tied Together. I am your host today, Katrina Logie, and I will be interviewing Helen Thomas, who is the CEO of Digital Health and Care Wales, about how digital is enabling change within healthcare in Wales. Helen, you head up the new Special Health Authority formed to take forward digital transformation and provide the national technology and data services needed by patients and clinicians. And you've been working with digital health since May 2021. So welcome, Helen, to the show. It's lovely to have you. Thank you, Katrina. Lovely to be here. And, you know, you were appointed last year to sort of, you know, really take on this big project of bringing Wales, you know, healthcare to a sort of digital transformation. So, you know, let's talk about a little bit about your background and, and how you sort of, you know, the last 30 years you've spent working in the sort of healthcare system. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, yeah, 32 years now, actually, just gone. I've been in the NHS Wales. So, so my background, um, I, I spent a, a bit of time in finance, so left the numbers early days in my career, and that kind of got me into to information as uh, when it was a fledgling kind of profession, if you like, in uh, back in kind of the early two thousands. So I've done a variety of roles across kind of digital and what we used to call IMT services across the NHS in Wales, but a data professional by background actually, so an information analyst, information manager. Then I, I went into projects and programs and business analysis. So I've, I've headed up and delivered numerous transformation programs and um, headed up kind of data and information services for a number of the big health boards, really. So, um, yeah, lots of background kind of grounded in the service, really, and, and, and what we need to do for frontline care delivery. Uh, I moved into a national role back in 2017, actually, the newly established role of a director of information in, in what was the national organisation then. They hadn't had a director of information uh, before then, so so it was for me to to kind of really lead on the strategic information developments that we needed across the NHS in Wales. Yeah, and one of the the areas that I really focused in on it was our need to actually establish a national data resource, and that is now one of our flagship strategic programs in NHS Wales that actually is is moving us into kind of a, a, having the the technology stack and the digital enablement that we need to be data driven actually mm-hmm. so 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 yeah data is kind of my my passion but actually i think one of my major strengths which i think lends itself to me doing this role and having the privilege actually of being the chief exec of digital health and care wales is i understand health and care services and processes i also have a really broad understanding of digital services and how we bring those two worlds together and hopefully i'm able to kind of connect to both audiences if you like into mm. being able to explain the opportunities and possibilities of digital to health and care service and vice versa, really even translating the requirement into what it is we need to be doing to support kind of uh, frontline delivery and, you know, our optimization and prevention out there. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So, you know, you, you've obviously worked over 30 years in, in the healthcare space. Let's talk about, you know, the changes that you've seen and where we are today in terms of digital and and. You know, just from your experience, you know, it's a very exciting time. We're moving very quickly. We, you know, it's a, it's a fast-paced moment. So, you know, where are we coming from right now? 
Yeah, so we're coming from a paper-based system, aren't we? A predominantly paper-based system. One of the areas that um, I've managed previously is the, the health records departments. So they are the departments in hospitals that, that hold the, the paper case notes. And I remember going to our board to, with a business case uh, a number of years ago to say, I'm, I'm going to need investment. You know, I, I can't remember the, the amount of the time, but, you know, the floor is collapsing under one of our libraries because of the weight yes. of the paper. So we've got to do something differently. So you're going to have to give me money to invest in the floor. But actually, if you want me to not keep coming back to ask you for more money, for more paper records and for more investment in racking and flooring, we're going to have to do something differently, you know. And and actually, I remember trying to translate the amount of paper. And I think for the health board I was working in, I think if you put the paper that we held just in our health board kind of end to end, it would... it would go around the world 10 times. You could go to the moon, you can come back, but you could go to the moon. You know, it's that much paper, just trying to quantify it for for kind of our, you know, our, our board at the time. So, you know, and, and, and actually that, the fact that that critical information that, you know, is, is, is there contained within that paper record, I mean, it's, it's absolutely critical to the delivery and, and safety decision-making of health and care. And of course, it's locked away in paper. So I think the yeah. shift has been actually the accessibility and the availability of data. Now, we haven't got rid of the paper, Katrina. That, you know, we've got a long journey to get rid of that paper, but we're on it. And mm. and to see the availability now of records for, for Wales, we're just over 3 million population. And, and we've got some of the most acute and biggest kind of health challenges, given the, the kind of demographic of our population. But to... To see the information being available of those 3 million residents, you can now, if you turn up at your emergency department or, you know, go to your GP practice or uh, go to a hospital appointment, your information is is available across those boundaries, whereas in paper it never was. So, you know, the, the fact that that is transforming and making life, I would say, in that aspect, I mean, there are a number of challenges for our health and care staff out mm. there, aren't there, particularly mm. at the moment, mm. But in terms of availability of information to to make a decision, actually, we are transforming that. And that is, you know, piece by piece. And the more information, the more and more that becomes available, that is born digital and available electronically, means that that information is available to, to help that decision making. And I think one of the big things here about this is mm. what that information can do is is truly kind of empower patients as well. So you can fully participate in your own health and care decision making in a way that on paper, that's really difficult to do, isn't it? Because you don't know what's been recorded about you. You don't necessarily know actually what the full diagnosis picture is for for some patients because it's locked away in a letter. Now that is, you know, becoming more readily available. But also, I mean, you know, in terms of let's say you're going to one doctor and then you change doctors, it's all there now online. So, you know, I'm sure patients have, as you mentioned, sort of lost their records and, and don't know, you know, how to to maintain those records, but digital is helping that. It, it definitely is. I mean, and, and another thing, the comparison to paper, I can't remember what, what the laws are called, but, you know, the retention of records, the destruction, destruction and retention of, of paper records in a hospital, because of the challenges I've just described around our ability to store the paper, it could be that after, depending on kind of certain rules, you know, that after 25 years, your paper record would be destroyed. In some cases, it could be after eight years now that things are digital, although 
notwithstanding storing digitally is not a free good but actually mm. it's a lot easier for us now to just hold the record for a lifetime and more really so that we don't have to kind of get rid of really rich clinical data for for people so that you know there are so many aspects and quite frankly i think it's it's what we as patients and as citizens have grown to expect actually you don't want to repeat all of this information you want to have it shared and and, and available and for, for it to be used in the way to support direct patient care which is what's happening now mm-hmm. but obviously you know we we're very much in a generation now or younger generation who understand digital but then there's the older generation who probably don't so that's a challenge also oh it it, it is a challenge and you know we we've, we've all seen it ourselves in our in, in our own families haven't we where you know we've seen a greater adoption let's be fair a, a greater adoption across all demographics actually in terms of using kind of digital means to to stay connected definitely to stay connected and and um but I think there is a, a definitely a major focus for us as um, digital services is really ensuring that the um, expansion of digital ways of working don't increase the inequality gap. And we've seen mm-hmm. that some of that has happened, actually, through the experience of COVID. So a real focus on digital inclusion, actually. So we're looking to work as an organisation with the, um, the World's Cooperative Centre, actually, who are really kind of focused on what it is that we would need to do to support communities and to support individuals around kind of being able to access digital services. So a lot a lot of work in Wales really focusing on, on digital inclusion as one of the areas that we want to, to focus on, but to ensure that we're not kind of exacerbating that inequality gap, really, and that services are available for, for everyone who needs them. So you're, you're making it easy for them, the, the people that don't understand digital, basically. That's a consideration of all of the work that we do is that it has to be. Mm-hmm. OK, so, you know, let's talk about other sort of, you know, digital practices that you've brought in into the NHS Wales and and how you're making it easier for patients to access services. And also, you know, we talked about records, we talked about, you know, getting rid of paper, making it easy. But what other services are you providing? I mean, there's plenty of services you're bringing in, but let's talk about ones which are really critical. So, uh, well, there are so many. I mean, we we are uh, we provide over a hundred services. You know, we provide the, the the support really and the mechanisms for digital services for pathology for for, for laboratories. You know, across uh, across Wales for radiology services for GP practices. Actually, we support those and hospital services. I suppose if I could pick an example, one would be the Welsh Nursing Care Record. That's a very recent one. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's an award-winning one. We're really, really proud of it, actually. It's uh, recently won the UK IT Industry Awards for the best health IT project. So, Amazing. you know, it, absolutely. When you think of, you know, we're a relatively small part of the UK, but uh, actually we, on this one, we've really been kind of, um, uh, you know, punching above our weight, I'd say. And, uh, and it, what that's doing is the first thing is it's brought together in a very collaborative way, nurses and, and a variety of digital staff, digital professions to actually transform the way that care can be delivered now on a ward in a hospital. Uh, that's essentially mm. it. And they started with standards. They started with actually how do we make sure that all of our data actually, you know, is we're, we're, we're calling an apple an apple wherever you may, may present in Wales and we are recording very standard way and we move in away from the paper 
into an electronic means. And and that for me has, has been it's, it's been achieved. It's rolled out now in 17 hospitals. We hope by the end of next financial year that it'll be rolled out right across the board, across all wards in, in Wales. And what that's doing is instead of a and I've been onto one of our wards in one of our local hospitals to to kind of um, speak to the staff and to see it in use and and to talk to a, a nurse in charge who says actually now I come into to work I'm not anxious about what I'm going to be presented with I come in I can look at the nursing care record I know who's on the ward I can see whether their assessments have been done and I know who it is I need to be worried about and I can go and see to them whereas previously that was you know hours of you know, having their handover and, and actually going from bed to bed to really understand and look at the paper to know exactly mm. what's going on with patients. So it's been really transformative, I think. And it's not just the way they're working. I think some what struck me when I went to visit was how it made the nurses on the wards feel because it gave mm. them more control. They felt safer in the way that they were able to do their job and undertake their duty. So, and I think one of the one of them said, um, "It's worth its weight in gold." And you know that you don't get that often <laughs> with, no. with historically with applications you're developing in some of these areas. So, so for me, those are the sorts of things. And and I think that what's really been evident in that program of work is the teamwork actually and and what that project has also done it's not just been about delivering although hugely important the digital mechanisms which we Mm. worked with one of the local health boards Swansea Health Board had innovated they had developed something we supported them they 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 did the development then to scale that up to a nationally available application but what we did was develop the nursing informatics roles so that we got leadership from the nursing community and developed new uh, clinical informatics roles that now we have in every hospital. We have nurses as business change agents actually understanding the job, you know, with that depth of understanding of the job that's there to do, the risks associated and how these sorts of technologies can make it better. So that's been really transformative, I think, for staff out there. Definitely. And, and you know, I mean, obviously, when you're building products and systems, you know, it's very important to be able to understand somebody's job. Yes. And so, you know, you are there on the floor kind of like and getting them involved from a, a kind of like how to make their job easier. And, you know, actually, it's giving time back to them. And it's time back for care. That's essentially, you know, that's what's happened here is they've got more time to spend with patients for caring rather than completing the documentation or checking whether it's been done or finding it because it's locked away in the paper. So, you know, and to have that more real-time view of who's on your ward and and where the risks are, because a lot of this is about nursing inpatient assessment, so it, you know, takes all of your information, you know, as you're admitted, but it also does all the risk assessments. So are you at risk of falling, you know, and and have you got a nutrition uh, requirement? All of that is readily available and known. So it's it's that real kind of understanding. This really has released more time back to care, significantly more time back for caring. Brilliant. And, and you know, obviously you're providing, you know, digital to help, you know, the people that are working in healthcare. So, you know, this is one of the projects. You know, can you explain, you know, other sort of projects that really sort of stand out? Yeah, I think that another one that I'd really like to highlight is probably what we've done in working in collaboration with community pharmacies. So if patients in Wales and citizens in Wales, if you've got a sore throat, if you've got a headache or a rash, some kind of common ailment, 
or if you've run out of your emergency medication or actually you've just been discharged from hospital and you want some advice around kind of, you know, having a review with your medication to really understand where you are. So, so our community pharmacies now can, can now provide that service and they do that um, in a very informed way because they're now connected in to the wider health and care service through one of our systems, Choose Pharmacy, where they can, mm-hmm. with your permissions, access your GP record and actually see kind of the, you, you know, the full information on you and actually then undertake a consultation and prescribe where they need to. And so what that means is they're able to operate at the top of their license, if you like. That's really empowering for community pharmacists. For, for patients, it's far more accessible. For GPs, it reduces the burden. So you're you're really kind of, you know, maximising the opportunity. And, and in, in Wales, we've got a, a kind of a, a philosophy of prudent healthcare. And actually, one of those things is about that kind of reducing the burden and, and, and actually enabling our professionals to operate at the top of their license. So if you've got a sore throat, pharmacists in Wales now can, can do a swab on you and they can tell whether antibiotics are going to be effective and they can prescribe them. So, you know, that's it's a huge step forward. And it, it, for me, I mean, I've used the service actually when I recently ran out of some, I was running low on some of my medication and it just was so simple. And I, I was stood there as a patient, if you like, you know, having this consultation through the hatch in the GP, in the, the, the pharmacy, sorry, and feeling really immensely proud that actually, you know, I was experiencing a worry and an anxiety that I was running low on my medication. And actually that was resolved within moments, really. And it was just, it's fantastic. So those are, I think that is has been a, a, a truly effective, but also transformational piece of work. One of the areas mm. now that we would want to really push forward on is one, a, a, a further priority, a huge priority. In fact, it's one of our health minister's top priorities is what we're doing around the digital medicines agenda. So, and in primary care, that'll be um, the missing link, actually, because in Wales, we're not electronically transferring the prescriptions between the GP practice and or other primary care providers and the pharmacy. So we're going to be really focused on that now and how we can, over the next year, actually enable that to happen. So we strip away the need for that bit of paper and, in fairness, for people to be going you know, patients and actually some of the staff are under the repeat prescription service to be walking back and forth between practices and pharmacies to make that happen, that you can have that all done electronically. And similarly, mm-hmm. to, to building on the new and care record in the hospital environment, actually pushing mm-hmm. forward with the ability to electronically prescribe and to administer medicines in a hospital ward environment. And to do that, so that's a huge kind of, a priority area for us now uh, this year and and going forward so really exciting actually mm-hmm. so basically you know you're helping with gps you know not having the cues in their practices again for simple things that patients can ask for directly online and also within hospitals that you know are, are sort of looking after patients that need sort of access to these um pharmaceutical drugs been given so it's all about saving time in simple things that we spend too much time doing what are the challenges that you've sort of had along the way I mean obviously you know COVID came about you know a lot of these um, procedures were sped up and we realized what we needed you know in terms of practical access to medicine and, and to our records you know but what are the challenges along the way that you've experienced some of the challenges will be, I mean, there are a variety out there, but um, some of the challenges are kind of our 
resistance to change on some of this. Actually, I think there's a, there's, there's there's an inherent fear in my experience of the change, particularly digital change in, in a health and care sector, not in all and not for everyone, but it's there. And actually that, that then limits adoption often. And I, mm. I kind of reflect actually, and I've reflected on this quite a bit over the last year or so, what were some of the major kind of advancements that we were able to do, you know, almost immediately and very quickly to scale up to respond to the pandemic? And I'd say actually adopting what we already had, adopted mm. and improving what we already had. That was a big thing. So we stripped away some of that fear because you had to, it was your only way of being connected was digitally. So so actually we progressed probably more than a decade with some services that had been available for a lot of that time actually becoming kind of used by lots and lots more of our uh, clinical colleagues. So I think that's been a big step forward, but that's so that, but there's an inherent, that, that change getting consensus actually, you know, in my previous roles, I've been kind of a head of projects and programs and, and headed up kind of these transformation things, been on the boards to lead the floor walk in when you put a new system out and, and, and it's that, the fear of change, but also, well, our war doesn't quite work like that, or you know, we do it quite slightly differently. So actually, mm. what what some of the challenges are is getting that consensus, and of course, we work in a national environment and getting that consensus across all of our organisations in Wales, and then down within in fairness to to the local teams in within an organisation. But I think that's for me where standards really comes to the fore for us mm. so mm-hmm. so and that's standards in, in lots of layers actually of what we do so standards about how you do things but also standards about you know the data that we collect and to have yes. uniformity in that so so a huge kind of area to focus for us in Wales because our approach is to have kind of a platform approach we don't have kind of a big electronic patient record in Wales we have kind of a, a platform approach where we take best of breed Hence us developing an application around the nursing process, you know, we mm-hmm. plug that into the wider digital health and care record and that information can be exchanged when it needs to be then. So that standards focus is huge for us at the moment. And what we're aiming to do is ensure that we've got a data driven architecture in Wales. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the boring stuff, if you like. It's the end of the bonnet stuff. It's not the sexy stuff that you see out there that you can touch and you you know, but actually it enables that stuff to be developed and to be developed in a way that actually can be more uh, agile and responsive, actually, and hopefully shifting into digital, really driving some of that change and being more proactive in driving some of that change. Okay, so yeah, you've talked about, you know, obviously, there's there's a fear of change, there's a fear of doing digital or going digital, because people, you know, it, it, it is a different way of thinking. And also, you know, kind of like, you know, how you get everybody on board to, to agree in best practices in digital. So what are the tools you use in terms of, you know, communicating this to a wider sort of board of people that are actually inputting on these decisions? Yeah, so you've, I mean, you've got to have good governance. And again, it's probably the boring stuff, but it absolutely is fundamental that you have good governance and you know where decisions are being made. But you also have, more importantly, really strong collaboration and user centeredness in terms of the whatever you're developing or describing that you're gonna you're gonna buy from you know someone else, that you have full collaboration, you have, you know, you've got a good offer then, haven't you? That's the main thing here, is that you've got that engagement and the that you've really understood the program of work, the people involved have really understood the problem. 
that you're trying to resolve here, the improvement that you're trying to achieve, and actually that you've done that translation of what the need is into the digital ask in a way that actually does respond and answer the, the, the question that's been set, really. So you've got to have those really good processes around kind of, you know, user research is where you've done a lot more kind of digitally kind of uh, enabled user research techniques and our user centre design to really kind of ensure that we've got that understanding. But you've got to engage and have people engaged. And you, and I think the other thing is that it's not a digitally being done to. This is about mm-hmm. it actually being a partnership and, and ensuring that you've got the level of engagement and collaboration and that these things are in, in the main for and when I'm talking about the clinical developments, clinically led. They're not digitally mm-hmm. led. They're not led by me or, you know, somebody in my organization. We facilitate and support and, mm-hmm. and do the work that we need to do. But these things are clinically led and, and clinically engaged and, and that we work in partnership. And I, you know, as I talked about, the nursing record is probably the epitome of that, to be honest, where that's worked really successfully. Mm-hmm. And in terms of sort of, you know, data and the architecture you use, what kind of tools are you using to kind of build this? You know, what, just explain a little bit about the, the sort of under the bonnet. Yeah, so uh, so that's a live conversation for us at the moment. So we've just described our target operating model for, for how we're mature in the platform. So we've looked at all of the, the building blocks that we need to have in place and defined all of those. So we've got different components like a master patient index, that is central to, to your ability to identify a person and to make sure that you can identify the person across all the different systems that will be used to support any pathways of care. So a masturbation index is, is absolutely pivotal to that. We're working with, um, we've got a clinical data engine that we've just put into place that's working with Better Health on that. And we are ju- we've just commissioned um, API management using the Apogee tool from Google. So that's part of our target operator model. And we're about to procure a data platform in a cloud for, through our cloud provider. So what that does, mm-hmm. so we've, we've been on this journey in Wales for, for a couple of decades, actually, Katrina. So we've got stuff that now needs to be scaled and modernized and using the new the new you know, technologies and tooling that are now available. But we've had a, a focus on standards and, and that kind of platform approach for some time. So we, we know what it is we need to do. We've now set out that target operating model, and it's a huge focus for us as a part of our data strategy and architecture strategy to drive that. So, so yes, there's a lot more to do in this space, actually, for us. I was going to say, in terms of a lot more to do, I mean, obviously, you know, you know, you're talking about data, you're talking about how you communicate in terms of building this and the tools that you use to communicate. What's missing in terms of, you know, the technology that you're using? What could be better? Having the data platform has been missing and it's been a huge missing link, I think, for, for us. Um, we've done quite good things in the absence of it, but actually what we will have now, the, the capability to really move data around the system in a simpler, I will say, rather than simple, in a simpler way than we've been able to previously. But actually to do that at scale and pace and to build the information models that will allow us to to really provide clinical decision support down into our downstream systems. I mean, that will be the the, the monster. So our data platform will make data available for lots of good uses for, you know, for us to reflect on and to to have you know to use for for intelligence and, and and actionable insight all of the stuff that we we know is is great to do but it will do that not just in a 
kind of we want to reflect on what's happened. We want to forecast where we think things are going to happen. So really taking forward advanced analytics and predictive analytics in that space, but pushing that downstream for operational use so that it's there mm-hmm. for clinical decision making. One of the areas I think that is a huge advancement and, you know, we're on the beginnings of that. We've, we've got a, a policy in Wales called value-based healthcare. And this is about actually driving the value in the system and doing the things that actually provide value and deliver better outcomes. That doesn't necessarily always mean listing a person for treatment and to have an operation. You know, what's the best decision for you in your circumstances? And they're quite hard conversations for, for clinicians often to have. What we were trying to do through the Value in Health programme is to provide mm. the information around outcomes and around kind of the, the you know, the, the patient cohorts that says, OK, I'm a, I'll give my mother as an example, actually. My mother mm-hmm. is 73 um, in a month's time and, and she needs two bilateral hip replacements. You know, mm. so what right. are her outcomes likely to be, you know, if she has them or if she doesn't have them? So to have the information around that a, a person of her kind of her demographic, if you like, her age, her weight, she's a non-smoker, she doesn't really drink, you know, what are her outcomes? So where we can look at those characteristics and to look at hip replacements that have been done on, on people like her and say, well, actually, this is likely to happen. And this is when, you know, these are the outcomes you're likely to experience. Therefore, and if you don't have it, we can also provide that as that understanding. And if you don't have it, this is what's likely to happen. So, so that you're giving patients, you're giving clinicians and patients the information to support that decision making at the time that it needs to be made. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of you know trial and error, you know how do you, you obviously what your mother you know re- related to, to the hip replacements, but how do you generally try out the, the technology that you're building? So we we always pilot or. Like, I'm not sure I like the word pilot, to be honest with you, but we work with kind of initial areas so that we test and we refine and we work in that kind of agile way, if you like, to, to really refine the things that we are developing in-house for Wales and whether that's us in our organisation or federated working with some of the other health boards. But yeah, it's, it's to test and refine and to have that constant kind of refinement and improvement cycle that we would need to have. So, so definitely that. And, and we did that. Again, the nursing, choose pharmacy, you know, and, you know, we've got a Welsh clinical portal that is used across, you know, most wards in, in, in Wales and, and accessed by all GPs in Wales. We test with our users and we refine and we improve. And, and it's a constant cycle, isn't it? You know, it's a, for as long mm. as you've got that product, actually you're supporting it in that way. So it is, it is, trial, it, it is trying out the products constantly. Yes. And, imp- and improving them. Yes. Right. And as a team, you know, in terms of, you know, how do you obviously you're you're working from home right now, but but how do you sort of communicate as sort of what tools do you use to communicate in terms of building these products? So for uh, my day is spent on Microsoft Teams, actually. (laughs) I feel, you know, I'm sat here in my son's bedroom, which is now my office. He's not here, by the way. He's Okay. Yeah. Hence, it's so tidy behind me, you can see. But yeah, no, I'm, you know, we use the, you know, that was one of the things in terms of the, you know, we moved to remote working prior to the first lockdown, just before you could see where things were headed. We had done, we had worked through, leading up to in the weeks leading up to, to kind of us all shifting the organization to full remote working we'd work through our business continuity plans to make sure mm. we could you know we run live services that 
support the health service to run. We had to be absolutely sure that we could do that. We had tested it in the weeks preceding that, and we've been able to effectively work from home since uh, mid-March 2020. Wow, so you're working from home constantly? Yeah, we're, we're full-time working from home. We have now opened up our offices. We've had skeleton staff on site to make sure that we had people who were, if we had incidents that were, you know, on our core network as opposed to working remotely. So even though all of our service desk is, you know, we've got core people in the office, but a very small skeleton staff and everybody is working remotely and enjoying it, to be honest with you. They're, they're really enjoying that. So so Microsoft Teams, to be honest, I think Microsoft responded really well. They've been a key partner of ours through the pandemic. We worked with them to develop our contact tracing system in Wales. And we did that in 40 days and 40 nights uh, you know, wow. we had to respond, you know, and it's, you know, uh, I'll, I'll never forget, actually, that, the, you know, we're going to need to do a contact tracing and, and to go out and, and try and buy uh, a system where you're not really sure what it needs to do. You're not really sure how many people are going to need to use it and you're not really sure how long you're going to need it for. That's a completely alien position to be in as a kind of a NHS professional. But yeah, so so Microsoft are a key partner in that. So And I think they've responded really well to the feedback in terms of our ability to collaborate. That's been really key. And of course, our, our development teams use, you know, a myriad of, of, of kind of tooling in terms of the, you know, how they're, they're whiteboarding, wireframing, how they're working with users to, to really elicit requirements in the way they need to and how we manage then our agile developments. So in terms of, you know, you know, working as teams and, and making sure that you are collaboratively working together, then as working remotely, that hasn't been too much of a, an issue. Yeah, well, and, and, and uh, surprisingly so, if I'm really honest, Katrina. So I'm a people person. I'll be honest, I'm not really enjoying being sat in a, in a bedroom as an office and, and, you know, and whilst it provides, you know, you don't, I don't have to travel any longer, so that saves me, you know, two to three hours a day. Actually, I'm not seeing people, I'm not connecting with people, and, uh, you know, I'm seeing people on a screen all day long, mm. you know, 10, 12 hours a day, but... I think there is the need in our business, to be honest with you, for elements of that human connection. And our offices are open and some of our, you know, we are able to go back in. We've completely rationalised our estate and we have, uh, we've now got a hot desk in, kind of book desk kind of environment now. So we've taken the opportunity to do that. So they're open and we've got people who are going in. I think what we need is more emphasis on creative space and actually getting people when you want to, resolve a problem when you want to brainstorm something you need to be in a room with people don't you you need the whiteboard you need all of the things you know and you, you need to talk and you need to to feel what other people are feeling as well so so we've got that and i think that there's always that need but i think we will um all i know we will continue in a hybrid way of working going forward to ensure that we've got that happening but i guess relating back to um to the contact tracing example we've got 30 plus organizations live on that system and we trained oh i you know thousands of people and our program lead that lives up in north wales and you know you know people are spread across Wales. we did nobody saw each other in person because we were in lockdown so we did all of that and implemented it in in a way that was complete you'd never have envisaged you know because I, 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 we, we'd have a conversation and these conversations at that point, you know, you were stretching into late at night trying to get this stuff done, people working around the clock. But honestly, it, it kind of instilled kind of that camaraderie and you got to know mm. your network got bigger because, of course, we work really closely 
with lots of the NHS organisations and with all the NHS organisations, but local authority yeah. probably not so much. So our local authority teams, because it was a it was a truly kind of pan public sector kind of response to it. So your network increased, and actually sometimes there there was a lot of fun actually in this because you knew you you were all kind of in this together and knew that you had to do with this was so important. But actually, it didn't mean that it. You couldn't actually have a bit of that camaraderie and a you know and, and, and a bit of fun as you were doing it. And we did actually. And and I think that's so important actually for teamwork, for for kind of the pressure that we feel. I mean, the pandemic was extreme and you know, mm. hopefully will become unusual and not, you know, the norm. But anyway, working in any in the you know, in the digital industry and, and actually in the health and care sector, I mean it's under tremendous pressure at the moment. So yes. actually it fostering that kind of that team and collaboration is really important. And, yeah, we proved we can do it remotely, actually. Yes. And the fact that, you know, technology has, you know, given you access to a wider working environment, you know, you're all kind of learning from each other and seeing what's needed. You know, what do you think the pandemic, you know, how did it speed things up to realise what you needed to kind of build in terms of products to take forward, basically, to change healthcare? There were some new ones, the contact tracing, the, the exchange of all of the tests and the data flows. The data has probably been some of the most complex areas to support the pandemic response, if, I, if I'm honest. And and it continues to be. And of course, we, we have to develop a vaccine system. So our teams developed the Welsh immunisation system. We were really lucky, actually, that we had an in-house child health system. It had a mature vaccination and immunisation module. We surfaced that as a uh, as a new application that supported all of the mass vaccination program across NHS Wales, that now will become, I would think, a pivotal element of our vaccination service going forward, and will be wider than COVID, and will give us the ability of having a, you know, a, a national vaccination record as well for everyone in Wales. So there were those, you know, that where we weren't focused on those things that, that you know, two years ago, this time two years ago, where quickly we had to to focus on those things, but electronic test requesting you know to ensure that we had the ability to request tests electronically you know covid driving that in electronic testing in the community and actually being able to to take that covid result and actually have it back in your gp record in wales as you know as part of your record we were able to do that because we were we were using the architecture and building on the foundations that we've been laying but i guess mm. one of the biggest things and we were already working on this, but actually really accelerating it is kind of the work that we've been doing on the architecture and the national data resource to then facilitate what the, the offer for patients and what needs to be out there for, for patients to be able to interact in a digital channel with the health and care services. So a huge priority for us, building on the success of the, you know, the, the, the COVID pass, if you like, and what we've got uh, been made available, working closely with colleagues in England but actually mm. available uh, digital services for patients as an alternative to needing to, to, to attend kind of in person or actually to augment normal ways that we, normal, what, what's normal really, but yeah. routine ways that we access health and care services prior to the pandemic. Now this is about actually, you know, being able to access services online that allow you to complete your patient reported outcome measures so that there's some standard way of of interacting or even to just connect with your your health and care provider really and to have that kind of availability so so that's come in for us in Wales and um 
a lot of work with our development partners to to drive that forward now and, and to to develop the NHS Wheels app. Great. So data intelligence has really supported better outcomes for patients yeah. and also for the workers in healthcare. And, you know, just one last question, you know, you, you've built, you know, many projects, obviously, in the last, you know, since you've been in the role. I mean, you've developed many, seen where there's a gap that needs to be filled in terms of, you know, supporting healthcare. And also you won an award, which was amazing for care in hospitals and, you know, getting information quickly digitalized. What other projects are coming into place? Where are you going with digital? I, I think that, the you know, I've talked a lot about kind of the work around joining data at and making it available at the point of care and for all other uses that we need, making it available in terms of a, a communication channel, a data capture approach and that and the, the making the, uh, services accessible for patients is, is they're the huge priorities with kind of getting prescribing our medicines kind of into the 21st century, our medicines processes into the 21st century. They're kind of the, the huge priorities and, and supporting the out-of-hospital piece as well, along with patients, is that community care setting. So for us, what's coming is that, you know, it's that real drive for integration because what we want to achieve in Wales is care closer to home, is to really drive integrated services that are optimising the way that we deliver health and care, but also really focused on delivering the best outcomes from a preventative way as well, so that people have the right information, the best information, the best advice to really kind of be empowered to to make their own decisions about what's best for them, but to really optimise the whole of the care pathway using digital as kind of the enabler to do it. So it's all of these things that I've described and more, to be honest, there's lots more that that I could talk about in terms of systems and services, but it is about actually that join up and that integration of services that are supported through the digital agenda. Wonderful. And also, you know, what you're building is being also being able to share it with the NHS nationally. So, you know, it's kind of like working together, being more collaborative and, and obviously bringing healthcare closer to home. Definitely. It's delivering a healthier Wales. That's what we're about. Delivering a healthy Wales. I love that. Brilliant, Helen. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been wonderful to learn about, you know, the the Welsh healthcare system and and how it's being digitalised and your amazing experience and what you're doing for it is fantastic. So thank you for your time today. Welcome back, Trina. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Tied Together. If you have any comments or you have any feedback for us, you can always email us at tiedtogether at cohesus.co.uk.